Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're breaking down more common money phrases. Yeah, Joel, not only are there a lot of dumb things that we often hear, but we will in turn take those dumb things, internalize them, and say those same dumb things again. <laughs> because oftentimes when we hear phrases uh, being used out in, the, you know, out in the world, out in social settings, we believe those phrases to be true, we think they're factual, uh, and that can lead us astray, especially when it comes to our money. This is kind of a part two. We've already covered a lot of different money phrases that are out there, but there are just so many that we wanted to dedicate an additional episode to some of these different money phrases that we often hear. No doubt. We got some good ones on the docket for today to kind of talk about just so that next time you hear them, you don't just automatically assume they're true you run them through a filter and, and so yeah we're gonna be the filter on today's episode yeah and here's the thing too we already actually started working on the outline for episode three <laughs> <laughs> because there are a bunch that we didn't want to include because we we're just going to end up going long i think so we might get to another episode like this here in a few months there we go all right uh, but before we get to that matt i, I wanted to mention uh, that recently i was uh, hanging out on one of the deal websites like i do sometimes <laughs> 
<laughs> Slick Deals probably be my favorite one. Hey, but... what'd you do this weekend? Uh, just <laughs> hanging out on the deal sites. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do like a brief check every now and again, like a, you know, four, three, four, five times a week, maybe seven times a week. And so I need a new water heater for my home. We're making some changes, and it's one of those things where it's like I'm just on the lookout for the right one. And one of the things we're doing is we're going from natural gas to electric. It costs a little more per year, but there's so many reasons we had to do that, and I don't want to go into all that right now. But yeah, I ended up finding one. Uh, Slick Deals mentioned that there was a $200 electric water heater, brand new, from Costco. And I was Cha-ching. like, uh, this is perfect. This is money. So You're like, I like Costco. And like we've shared recently, I too also like Costco. No, you are. You're yeah. a recent convert. A fi- finally a convert. Which I appreciate. But yeah, so I, I just want to let people know that like sometimes those deal sites, they can, if we spend too much time on them, we can be prone to spend too much money. But if you know what you're looking for, and especially if you like hit the search bar up there and you're just searching for yeah. the particular item that you're in need of. So I was able to pounce, man. And that's a normally $650 water heater that I got for two hundred dollars because they're clearancing them that's out. That's a good discount, dude. Yeah, that's a sweet discount. So and I got shipped to my home. It didn't cost additional money for <laughs> shipping. I was so surprised. That's uh, actually pretty great too. Yeah. <laughs> Deliver to your doorstep. Go pick that thing up in person. Yeah. Man, I definitely could have used this hot water heater, what, like five months ago I had to replace uh, an electric hot water heater in one of my rentals. And we had talked about how I had gotten one that was used uh, <laughs> for free and it had sat up under our house to use, to put to use for like a couple years. But then finally the, the plumber was like, nope. I mean, I can, you know, install it, but you know, there's no promise that it's not going to go out next year. And we couldn't find any info on the hot water heater as to when it was manufactured. So I didn't know if it was going to last, yeah, one year or maybe a solid 15 if it had only been installed for a year at the previous home. And it's probably going to be cheap instead of frugal to, yeah, get, yes. pay for the labor yep. and then have to get it reinstalled, a new one in a couple of years. I did not want to have that regret. Yeah. And at this point, I know there is a perfectly brand new manufacturer covered hot water heater in that house, but I wish I would have been able to snag it for 200, man. That's a good deal. Pretty sweet deal, man. Good for you. Every once in a while, you get one of those things, falls into your lap and you thank the deal gods. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you got to do afterwards. Okay, so since I am relatively newer to Costco, do they sell large appliances like that often? Oh, yeah. Or oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they got like water heaters, like beds. Uh, you can get bed dishwashers, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Dishwashers, fridges, okay, uh, everything. Yeah, uh, washer dryers as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. Got to keep that in mind. All the appliances you could ever need, Matthew. <laughs> These are things that they don't sell at Aldi. And here's the thing. I've actually found that we haven't yet been using uh, our Costco membership to its fullest potential. We still go to Aldi for the vast majority of our groceries, but I'm curious to see how our behaviors change here in the coming months. Yeah, it's going to take time, but you'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep you posted. I'll shepherd you along. Yeah, do that. Uh, Well, let's uh, mention the beer we're having on this episode. It's called Elderberry Northwest Sour Ale, and it's by Cascade Brewing. And Matt, um, it's made with elderberries, which just always makes me think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Your father smelt of elderberry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll give our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode. But for now, let's move on and get to the topic at hand. We are breaking down more common money phrases. And, Matt, we, we really did just have so much fun talking about uh, some common money phrases and the truthfulness or lack thereof back in episode 335 that we figured, let's do it again. Let's find some more because there are a lot of money phrases floating around. They're stuck in our brain in in one way, form, or fashion. um, And sometimes they're informing our money beliefs. So we figured it was a good idea to hit up even more of these money phrases and dissect a few extras uh, because, yeah, those sayings bore into our brains. If we hear them enough, like you said, we believe that they're facts. But so many of these sayings have flaws in them. And some of them, they have worse than flaws. They're just downright (laughs) inaccurate. That's right. And so, yeah, today let's let Matt talk talk through some more, think through some more, and see maybe where the potential truths and half-truths lie. 
Yeah, an example uh, that comes to mind that isn't money related, actually. So it's summertime and a lot of folks are probably doing a lot more uh, grilling, cooking outside. Uh, we definitely have as uh, we've been cooking a ton more on our, our flat top griddle. And you always hear folks say that they want to get the thing really stinking hot in order to sear the meat, right? I've heard that before. That's yeah. uh, what I attempt to do. But you're saying and, I'm, I'm wrong? Well, I, I do this as well. But oftentimes the phrase is you want to sear the meat so you can lock in that moisture. Like right. you sear the meat. I believe to, that. Is that not true? That is not true. Oh no. Yeah. Goodness. And so I'm pretty sure that I've, I've even said this before, but it turns out that this is false. There are a bunch of studies out there and experiments to back this up. Out in Brown, he even uh, did an experiment and found that seared meat was actually less moist than an identical piece uh, that's cooked to the exact same internal temperature. I would trust Alden Brown with my life, so I believe He's, that. Yeah, I like his methodology. Um, and so this is a simple example of, of a line of thought that is just not true, even though you hear it all the time, even though that it might be something that you have even stated. I'm pretty sure I've said it before, uh, but now I know that it's not true. That doesn't... Here. All this to say, that doesn't mean you don't want to brown your meat because you do add flavor from the browning. What is it? The uh, like malleolization effect oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like the, the it's named oh. after a French guy. I've heard. Oh, I thought it was named after the duck. Oh yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Mallard ducks. But no. there's like there is an actual chemical reaction that takes place, and your food it changes at a molecular level when you brown food. That's why we're drawn to browned meats and, and different caramelization effects that that occur when you cook. And so you do it for the flavor, but you don't do it because you think you're creating like this crust where you're locking in that moisture on the inside. Yeah. It's just not true. Okay. All right. Well, that's one important misconception to clear up right there for all our foodies out there. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) And part of the difficulty is that we live in the information age. There's just no shortage of pithy sayings that we're inundated with and everyone's got an opinion nobody minds tweeting it out <laughs> like right. just spur of the moment here's what i think i want to put it out there in 140 or whatever it's 280 characters now i think they like bumped it up for everyone to see but yeah thoughtful conversation and insightful nuance is kind of more of a rarity it's harder to find that although i think that's making a comeback in some uh, parts of the internet and i'm glad to see that podcasting is one of them there's some more thoughtful youtube channels out there doing some like more in-depth conversational um, type stuff But that's our goal with this show, is to have more of that long-form, rational approach to money topics, as opposed to the hot take money topic uh, conversations that sometimes get had, especially on social media. But yeah, that's why today we're going to tackle more of these common money phrases, uh, which tend to become common money misconceptions instead. And Matt, let's get to the the first one. This one actually comes from a movie that was popular back in the day. Uh, and you actually recently rewatched it, didn't you? I, well, I never had seen it. And so I just wanted to see it because I'm like, all right, I talk about money every single day. <laughs> I need to have seen Wall Street, yeah. the old 80s movie. All right. So this one is greed is good, right? And that was what Gordon Gecko said, what, in this shareholder meeting during the movie? It's been a long time since I've That's seen right. it. I don't think I've ever heard anybody in the course of normal conversation say greed is good. Uh, that would, uh, in polite company, people might shame you or like look at you a little differently. <laughs> but that is, yeah, the phrase. Like, let's dissect that one real quick. Yeah, that's an attribute that most people wouldn't uh, be proud of, right? <laughs> like, it would take a like a brazen individual to say, "Oh yeah, I believe greed is good, and uh, I'm all for it." But because of that, I almost feel that it's even more insidious. Because so, anytime there's something that you don't really talk about, even though it's like there a little bit. I feel like it can find its way into your life without you even realizing it. And so I feel like that's maybe a reason that we should 
like even be even more careful about greed. But that being said, yeah, what is true about this phrase? Because obviously greed is mostly negative. You know, it's one of the seven deadly sins after all. But enlightened self-interest, that's an economic term for the role that greed plays in free markets. And it's a huge part of what makes our free market society work the way that it does. And that's what makes the pie bigger for society as a whole, right? We're talking about innovation and progress. And oftentimes some folks will say that greed spurs that on. Uh, and so, yeah, greed in that context is that desire to do something that benefits a lot of other people to work together and to collaborate in order to make sure that you can earn a living and create further good, you know, not just for yourself, but for others. That's a way that we can justify greed maybe just a little bit, but it does feel like that we are kind of performing some acrobatics in order to <laughs> in order to say that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think it is okay in that one context. I, I think the putting something good out into the world, serving customers, there is an element to which you're trying to be able to pay the bills or take your family on a vacation. And so your job, your work does have some tie towards compensation. <laughs> and like, sure, that's a necessary component to all of our lives. And so I think that that enlightened self-interest is not the exact same thing as greed, but it's definitely a cousin. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's related. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, greed obviously does have more downside than upside. That's for sure. And it's the root cause of a lot of scams that part people from their money. Think about Bernie Madoff. That's a result of unchecked greed. People thinking that they can earn double digit returns every single year uh, without ever seeing a negative return at any point in time. And they're Regardless like, Regardless of what the market's doing, yeah. you're always going to earn 23%. You're always coming out on top. <laughs> and that is a sign of greed, like getting those dollar signs in your eyes, actually leading to your downfall. Like predatory lenders, that's another area where those people are greedy. They're taking advantage of folks. Uh, 360% interest rates, I personally don't think should be legal and they're bad for society. And yeah, like greed also on the individual level, it can act like a set of blinders causing us to make unhealthy decisions with our money. When our desire to do well with our money turns into this insatiable desire for more money just for the sake of it, we run the risk of turning a good thing into something that can cause us to take unnecessary risks with our money, right? Potentially causing severe financial harm. Um, but even more importantly, Matt, like obviously getting too greedy, <laughs> signing up with somebody like Bernie Madoff could cause us to lose a fortune. But uh, the love of money and an intense greediness uh, will cause us to lose focus on what truly matters in life. We begin to put the emphasis way too strongly on the tool. <laughs> and the tool is what's supposed to allow us to do all these other things to magnify the good things in our life, which are usually free, which are usually people, relationships, places, yeah. community. And yeah, when we put the focus all the money and we get greedy for more. It's just a bad recipe. Yeah, not only can greed lead to irreparable damage to your finances, but it could severely hurt some relationships uh, in your life as well. But moving on to our next phrase, the next one we're going to get to is, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And you've also heard this one as, if it's too good to be true, it is. And so there are times when you actually do get something for nothing. But like, let's be honest, that's really rare. Uh, <laughs> our friend Deacon actually recently told us that he won this legit free trip to Hawaii after signing up for uh, this contest. <laughs> he was going to delete the email because it seemed spammy, of course. Uh, but then he thought better of it and gave it a once over. He realized that this was a legit company that he had done business with before. It was a legit email uh, and the contest was real. My parents, similar, they won a Harley Davidson from a raffle when I was in high school. 
They, 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 <laughs> they ended up selling it uh, right after. Why? Uh, well, they, sh- they should have kept it for their teenage son. That, my mom was that talking would have been a great idea, a right? A big game about how she was going to be a, become a Harley rider, but she never did. But it was one of those things where I guess that's not the same thing as a free lunch, right? Because they did buy a raffle ticket and somebody's got to win. <laughs> but, right, right. But it feels like that, right? There's, there's not many circumstances like that where you get an email about a free Hawaii trip and it's actually real. Exactly. Yeah, that's not the norm, right? And if someone is offering you something for free, there's a good chance that there's another shoe that's going to drop. Uh, and so this saying is pretty high on the truthiness scale. There oftentimes is no such thing as a free lunch. True. Yeah. One of the more ubiquitous examples that we see of this today is signing up for the social media services. They're free, right? They don't cost a dime. Yeah, just sign up. It's so nice. <laughs> well, they kind of are. You don't pay uh, US dollars to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to have an account. But it turns out that you are the product in this case, and it's your data that's being mined and sold, right? So that's certainly an example of when there's no free lunch. It's free, <laughs> but you're paying in a, a different form of currency. Um, yeah, and there's always a catch. Exactly. I think, too, where the concept of no free lunch is most important is when we're talking about insurance and retirement sales folks, people that are trying to get into your pockets and they're offering something, quote unquote, for free in order to get you to take them up on their offer. Uh, timeshare sales folks, Matt, would be a similar thing. It's like, oh yeah, get this free gift card <laughs> or uh, get this free meal and we'll tell you about our awesome timeshares. And potentially berate you into buying one, right? <laughs> and there's... Uh, one if, my- if you have like a will of steel, maybe it's worth it to go. Like, if you know that, like, nope, I'm a robot. Like, yeah. whatever they say to me, I'm just going to sit there and enjoy that lunch. You yeah. Know? Then, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it might be worth it for you at that point. But yeah. It just depends on the person. The, so there was this great article in the New York Times. I still remember it from three years ago from reading it from our friend and former guest, Ron Lieber, who one of my favorite interviews still on the show. So he wrote about it three years. He went to attend a, a free steak dinner with with his aunt that an annuity salesperson was hosting. And it's one of those things where like millions of Americans, especially older folks, are being offered things like this, like a free dinner in exchange for this sales pitch for a product that is going to cost you a lot of money in the coming years. They're obviously trying to hide those costs, paper over them. Yeah. And they're making you feel good by <laughs> like being your friend and shaking your hand and giving you a free meal. Um, and a lot of people end up signing for something that's not in their financial best interest because something free was offered. So I think like in, in that case, that could be the most expensive free lunch or dinner of your life. Right. So I, I think, yeah, th- there's no such thing as a free lunch is a pretty accurate statement. That's right, man. We have several more to get to, including uh, put your money where your mouth is. I feel like that's one <laughs> maybe you've heard, Joel, as you've gotten in arguments with friends. That's one I say to you all the time. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'll talk. No action. We're going to get to that one, plus a few others like uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, we're going to get to those two and several more right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
Joel. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. No matter how hard of a worker you are, you probably like to kick back, relax, and just chill every now and then. But if you're an investor, that's the last thing you want your money to be doing. You want it to be out there working hard and kicking butt. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Betterment's automated technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help maximize returns. We're talking tools like diversified expert-built portfolios of low-cost ETFs. Keeping those expense ratios low is key to seeing your investments compound over the years and decades. A high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Listeners know that they need to have an emergency fund set aside for those completely unforeseen expenses. A high-yield cash account is the perfect place to park that money in automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. That way, if certain industries are, say, growing like crazy, your portfolio, it stays on track. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.
All right, we're back. Matt, let's cover some more common money phrases and kind of dissect the truthiness or lack thereof. I don't think truthiness is a word, but I wish it was because I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> We've talked about that before. <laughs> On the Colbert Report, it's something that he used that's to. Right, that's right. He used to label certain words that politicians would say. Like, let's let's kind of rate this on the truthiness scale. <laughs> uh, okay, so before we get to our next one, I kind of want to go back a little bit to there's no such thing as a free lunch. Okay. How do you feel if you were to attend a steak dinner uh, knowing that you weren't going to sign up for some timeshare or, you know, annuity, something like that? I'd be okay with it. Would you be okay with that? Do you yeah. feel like you would feel morally okay knowing that, well, they're doing this because... It obviously works on some people. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. But I'm kind of with you, right? I think I could justify it because I know that like this model is kind of on the decline. And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, okay, well, it used to work. It's not going to continue to work, I don't think. I don't and know if it's I not could... going to work on me. And so I would feel okay with the uh, the perks that would come with that presentation. Yeah, I just don't know if I could justify my time for a meal. Mm. Like, like, okay, you got to come here for like an hour and a half and listen to this pitch and just be generally annoyed yeah. and uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> what if you could sit in the back and just like talk with your aunt the whole time? You know? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of catch up quietly. Potentially, I'll think. Sitting I'll... there with a wedge salad and some ribeye. If it comes along, I might take it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next money phrase we want to dissect, though. This one is... Mo money, mo problems. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah, another phrase I think is worth talking about. I remember the first time I heard that come out of someone's mouth, Matt. Wait. That, that wasn't the Notorious B.I.G. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which version you're going to go with. If you're going with more money, more problems, or if you're going with mo money, mo problems. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I never really uh, listened to Notorious B.I.G., although I had friends friends that did. But yeah, I, I remember the first time I heard someone say that, like it was legit truth. And I thought that was like the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> and I think maybe that was because like my family's problems growing up. They were mostly financial in nature, and that led me to believe that just having more money is going to fix all of our family's problems. Right? right? You're like, we can't win a Harley Davidson every single week. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that came along later in, in our in okay. Our life, right? yeah. That was, that was when I was in late high school. But yeah, I feel like I've changed my tune on this one too, and I do think that there's a whole lot of truth to this. That more money does equate to more problems. We tend to think that like more money is going to solve a lot of the issues that we bump up against in life. That, you know, man, if I just had more money in my checking account, or if I just started saving or investing when I was younger, I wouldn't be facing uh, many of the problems that I'm facing today. But when you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. And so it's important yeah. to realize that more money isn't always the answer, right? There, there have been way too many stories about incredibly rich folks losing all their wealth or living hedonistic, self-indulgent lives, for me to believe that too much money doesn't actually create more problems for people in a lot of instances, I think sometimes, yeah, too much accumulation of wealth actually leads to a lot of problems in life. There are different kind of problems <laughs> than people who don't have enough money, that's for sure. Um, and that is a legitimate problem too. Sometimes money does fix problems. But more money, more problems. Yeah, I, I actually think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, that's true, man. It makes me think of lottery winners, right? When you're talking about, you know, a hedonistic lifestyle, because many of those folks end up spending all their money and then declaring bankruptcy, you know, maybe a few years after winning millions of dollars. And at the same time, while that's happening, like relatives, friends, co-workers, uh, they start to come to those folks out of the woodwork asking for money from the newly minted rich. And that just sounds like a surefire way to have your life and relationships ruined definitely you're introducing more problems in your life at that point. It's hard to know who to trust if you're rolling in the dough. And that's when, yeah, more money, more problems would definitely ring true. 
But yeah, on the flip side of the coin, more money would be a legitimate fix for, for billions of people around the world. You know, here in the U.S., there are nearly 44 million people who are under the poverty line. Um, and the other thing, too, it's not that poverty isn't a legitimate concern here in the U.S., but some of the money issues that many people face are because of a lack of financial education combined with shooting themselves in the foot by making poor money decisions. And so that's another reason why we fight for financial literacy so much. It's at least a part of the solution, uh, and it's why we talk about money every single day. Most definitely. All right, let's move on to the next phrase. Let's say you were faced with the problem of having some more money uh, on hand, Matt. You might hear someone say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, and yeah, that would be, I would say, good advice yeah. from whoever's offering it to you. But at the same time, I've heard other uh, semi-smart money people out there say that diversification is for idiots. <laughs> Mark Cuban is one of the folks I've heard say that before. But I feel like coming from him, it's different, right? He's got the time, the knowledge, and the desire also the ability to go all in on just a few handful of investments to see what succeeds. And interestingly enough, Matt, not that long ago, Mark Cuban revealed that he lost all of the money that he put into a fledgling cryptocurrency that went to zero. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that's good advice from someone who has made hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe more. I don't know if he's a billionaire, I forget. But that was obviously not all of his money that he lost in right, the crypto. Right. So he is diversified to an extent. But yeah, most of us can't afford to have a major investment of ours go bust like that. And so a smart diversification strategy is the only way that we're going to be able to build wealth while still being able to sleep at night. So I do think, yeah, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket is sound advice for 99.9% .9 of us. Yeah, even someone like Mark Cuban, who is super bullish on a certain company or a new startup or even a yeah, cryptocurrency, uh, isn't going all in on you know one single investment. Investment. Like yeah. he's not putting all of his eggs in a single investment. I bet he also maybe owns his home, uh, right? <laughs> has a retirement fund. Well, and how many companies has he invested in on Shark Tank? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, Mark. Like that's yeah. just disingenuous <laughs> to say that uh, diversification isn't a smart strategy. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, if we knew the future, right, then you know diversification wouldn't be necessary. Uh, we could put all of our money towards the eventual winner and just kind of sit back, watch the profits roll in. But we don't know the future, obviously. And so, making sure that all of your eggs aren't in one basket invested in one stock or even just a handful of stocks is going to be a wise thing to do. We're fans of owning the whole stock market, or at least the S&P 500. That way, instead of one basket, you've got like over 3,700 ba little baskets or, or 500 <laughs> little baskets, uh, because that's how many companies those funds include. And, you know, Joel, like you and I, we have exposure to real estate as well. We, are, we run our own business. Being that diversified provides a lot of peace of mind. And so this one is really high on the truthiness scale. This is definitely a, a 10 out of 10 is what I would give. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah, man, it makes me, uh, this makes me think of some of our listeners who might have the ability to invest in their employer stock at a discount. And sometimes th that can work well if you're turning around and selling it really quickly. <laughs> that's what we've talked about those plans before and how that's the only way to make it work because otherwise you're taking undue risk. And I know some people that they get their paycheck from the company and then much of their investments are going into company stock. And at that point, you're just not diversified enough. You do have all your eggs in one basket. What if uh, yeah. you, you lost your job? And at the same time, like that's because the company is losing money. Uh, the stock price is tanking and most of your eggs get broken in one fell swoop. Ouch. Yeah, not a good idea. No so. bueno. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. Find ways to be diversified. And if you're just investing in the stock market, you know, that's fine. Do one of the funds that Matt mentioned, but finding other ways to make income, finding other ways to invest besides even just the stock market, like getting into real estate at some point is a good way to become even more diversified. All right, Matt, let's get to another one. A fool and his money are soon parted. That's the next phrase we're going to we're going to get into. And yeah, since since we opted to include a biblical 
biblical money phrase the last time. We figured, why not use another one this time? Some translations of the book of Proverbs have something similar to this. Basically, uh, this phrase, a fool and his money are soon parted, but it's also been used in other literary works too. Uh, an English poet from the 1500s, I think, is also uh, uh, credited with this phrase. And he probably just read the Bible and saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there's really not much disputing this one either, though, right? Like, yeah, dummies, people that don't handle their money well, foolish people, it's not going to be long until they find themselves parted with their money or having far less of it because they're making unwise decisions. They're rushing into things. They're not thinking ahead. Foolish people don't long have money in their hands usually. That's true. Yeah. And so one foolish thing would be not to be diversified, right? Just like we said. But there are just so many different ways uh, in 2021 that you can be foolish with your money. Uh, It could be someone who's just thoughtless and wasteful. Like they could be someone who prioritizes the concerns of right now constantly, you know, where they're just never thinking about the importance of the future, right? Either planning or preparing for the future. And so, you know, you can ask yourself some questions like, are you easily convinced by others to, to change how you save, how you spend, or how you invest your money? You say to yourself, well, I guess I'll put this money that I can't risk in a new joke cryptocurrency and I'll just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I should just buy an instant bot because everybody else has one. You're not being thoughtful about your purchases. You're not really considering whether or not you would use that thing every single day like my wife does. <laughs> maybe you never cook, but you think this is going to make you cook? Think again. Uh, or maybe you're thinking like, why not? just have my savings at Wells Fargo. They're pretty convenient. Like there's just a branch right up the street. I'm sure they're paying something decent, right? (laughs) How dare you bring up that name on our podcast? (laughs) Um, Or maybe I just heard somebody on TikTok talking about uh, that this is something I should invest in. That's probably a good way to go. To not be the fool, we have to be discerning when it comes to the decisions we make and what we do with our money. And that simply just means educating ourselves. And and also it means being, I think, optimistically skeptical, right? You got to kind of hold those two things in balance. You're hoping for the best, but at the same time, you know, we're going to make sure that we're doing our due diligence in order to make sure that we are making more confident money decisions. Yeah. To not be foolish with money, takes intentionality. It takes dedicating some time to learning the nuts and bolts of personal finance and then learning some of your own behavioral tendencies. It takes a little bit of insight into who you are as a person and finding some trustworthy folks that you can rely on, um, some books, some podcasts, some some blogs that you like to read from people who are going to steer you straight consistently and who don't have an agenda to push on you. But it's worth it because uh, that way you're not going to be foolish. You're going to be able to build wealth for the long term, provide real security for you and your family and not be worried that overnight, you know, your your financial house of cards could come tumbling down, which I would think people who are foolish with their money would constantly be worried about, would constantly be in fear of. But Matt, we've got a few more money phrases to get to, including champagne taste on a beer budget. Uh, we like beer, so we'll talk about that one yeah. <laughs> right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. 
your home. It might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we are back. We've got a few more money phrases to get to. And Joel, like you alluded to, have you ever been told that you've got a champagne taste on a beer budget? Um, no. <laughs> Actually, I, I have been told that. I remember back when we uh, were getting married, we were working with uh, Kate's dad. He was helping us to, to make sure that we're staying within budget. And I just specifically remember, it's the first time anyone had ever used that phrase uh, directed <laughs> at me. And he was just like, guys, y'all just have champagne taste on a beer budget. And I remember thinking... 
What does that mean? Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> Being the then you're young, like, immature, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> young, immature person that I was. But you know, this one is pretty straightforward. It's when someone is living above their means, or, or at least when they want things that they can't afford. That was definitely where Kate and I were back when we were getting married. <laughs> uh, and this can definitely be a problem. You know, it's like having eyes that are too big for your stomach. Uh, that'll likely lead to eating more than you should. It could lead to you having a tummy ache, getting sick. Which we're going to Austin in September, and <laughs> I'm kind of preparing my belly now to consume massive amounts of brisket. So <laughs> Barbecue? <laughs> like giving yourself a pep talk? Yeah. I'm like trying to <laughs> like literally like expand the size of my stomach so I can fit more in there. <laughs> like Kobayashi, you know, eating hot dogs. Well, the same is true if you can't stick to your budget, right? And if you attempt to buy things that you can't afford, uh, like fancy champagne when maybe all you can really uh, afford or all that you have in your wallet is just five bucks for a, a sixer of the champagne of beers, <laughs> Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. No, Miller High Life. Yes, I misspoke, but it's also been a minute since I've had the champagne of beers. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, the accuracy of the statement, champagne taste on a beer budget, this depends on who it's being applied to because there's nothing really true or untrue about the statement on its own. But rather, it's just all about who is being described. Uh, and so ideally, this is sort of a statement that we want to flip on its head, right? We don't want to have champagne taste on a beer budget. We want to have beer taste on a champagne budget. That's what yeah. we strive for here on How to Money. That's exactly right. That's what, that's what we do. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you've got that champagne budget, that means you've got more money coming in than you're going to be spending when you got the beer tastes, right? And so you're going to be funneling more and more of that money into your investment accounts, into your savings account, instead of that checking account so it can flow right back out. That's right. And yeah, you got to yeah. keep that lifestyle in check. That's right. Yeah, but you can't always have uh, champagne amounts of income flowing in. Sometimes you got to make some cuts when it comes to your expenses, right? That's right. Sometimes you got a beer taste and a beer budget and yeah, you're perfectly in line and you're just like hoping to expand your income one of these days, right? But if you are constantly blowing out your budget and you've determined that you are one of those people who tends to have champagne taste, then you'll likely need to learn the value of stretching a dollar, which is the next phrase we're going to cover. When someone really knows how to stretch a dollar, Matt, it means that they've got unique abilities to find deals and spend less on everyday items. Like a water heater, maybe, for instance. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Stretching that 200 bucks to cover all 650 of it. Exactly. Uh, that it wouldn't normally cost. Exactly. And, and for example, Matt, a lot of grandparents who grew up in the time of the Great Depression, they learned the necessity of stretching a dollar the hard way, right? They had uh, the hard knocks of not having enough food to help them be able to stretch uh, the amount that they did have coming in. And no matter how much money some of those people acquired, many of them never stopped living a hyper-frugal existence. They just weren't able to forget that. They couldn't get it out of their DNA, <laughs> essentially, yeah. after having to go through that difficulty. But this is a good thing to learn for all of us to a certain extent, right? To figure out how to get by on less or how to buy used or borrow instead of just buying something new as like a Pavlovian response. And yeah, you'll be exercising your creative skills and saving money at the set at the same time, I think stretching a dollar, learning the value of it, and then honing your skills, trying to get better at stretching a dollar is incredibly worthwhile for everyone, no matter your income. Yeah, I feel like that's a skill that you've definitely developed as evidenced by your daily checking of uh, slick deals. But <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it used to be more of a problem for me. I've been able no, to get better at I'm not at making it. fun of you, but like, I think what you said earlier, like, I mean, at the top, you, but like, I used, you, what I'm saying you is said I used, to use the search bar. Like yes, being yes. intentional, it's, it's, it's less perusing and being like, oh, what can I buy? And it's more like, this is where I go first when I have a need, yeah. right? Like a, a water 
heater needs to be replaced. I'm not just shopping to see what's on, you know, what the discounts are because I feel like that's when you might get tempted, right? Like yeah. when you start seeing the discount, like going from 30 to 50 to seven. Oh my gosh, this is 70% off. Like I have to buy this whether or not I need it. Yeah, no, I'm going to buy it anyway. That's what we're trying to avoid. Being, <laughs> and, I, and I used to be guilty of that. So. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and not that I don't occasionally fall into that now, but I, I, I've gotten so much better at it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to our next phrase, which is put your money where your mouth is and talk is cheap. This would be another way of saying this phrase. Uh, action is such a crucial part of the process when it comes to handling our money well. We can read books and, and talk about what to do with our money all day long. But yeah, when the rubber meets the road, are you actually going to do the work of making the changes in your life? And so we can see this play out in, in how we spend our money. So for example, it might be that you say that you're all about kids being entrepreneurial, but then when the when your friends, you know, when the neighbor's kid knocks on your door because he's selling his handmade ice cream for $7 a pint, do you actually buy anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I say this because this is a true story that That's happened. one smart entrepreneur right there. This, this happened yesterday. One of our uh, friends, his kid knocked on our door and he's done this before, like in summer's past, where he'll make his own ice cream. I just pretend not to be there. $7 a <laughs> pint. It's so expensive. But the, we, that's something we believe in and that's some behavior that I want to encourage. But at the same time, I want to make sure I'm being frugal with her money. Like, I don't want to be cheap. If I were cheap, I'd be like, no way, dude, that's way too expensive. Are you, are you, <laughs> are you kidding me? And then $3 a pint, okay? <laughs> like slamming the door. That would be cheap. But being frugal is instead of buying all three flavors, we just bought one. Because okay. it's like, okay, we're just going to buy one pint. That's kind of pricey, but uh, we want to, we still want to support him, right? But these are the kind of questions we, we need to ask ourselves, you know, like maybe you might be someone who's all about local small businesses, but like in our case, like do we support the local bike shop? There's a bike shop not too far from us and, and making sure that we're keeping that little bike shop in mind instead of the default right just going straight to ordering from walmart or amazon uh that needs to be a part of how we process and how we think about the expenses that we make shout out to loose nuts (laughs) great folks over there right also the best name for a bike shop ever yeah (laughs) (laughs) except for yeah i mean you don't want to get your bike back i get you take it there when you've got some loose nuts exactly you don't want to get it back with loose nuts no and it also makes it feel like they got a screw loose they're a little zany and and they are which i like so uh all right but i think part of that too matt putting your money where your mouth is it's just backing up what you say you believe, right? Sure. So for instance, there's all sorts of people that will tell you how you should be investing your money. And to me, the perfect question to ask in return is, well, how do you invest your money? <laughs> Which reveals so much more about the person than what they've told you that you should be doing because you're finding out, well, the, exactly where their dollars go. And so, yeah, we discussed uh, exactly how we invest back in episode 341. We think it's important to be completely honest about how we're handling our money, not just telling you what you should do with yours. You know, we want to put our money where our mouth is. We want to lead by example. I think that's something we should all be striving for, putting our money where our mouth is, doing the things that we know we should that we kind of maybe preach to somebody else. Really, when it comes down to it, it's doing what we know we should be doing as opposed to just knowing what we know we should be doing. And that is an easy way to remove that cognitive dissonance from your life, right? Uh, Let's get to our next phrase, which is another day, another dollar. Uh, That's something that uh, people might say when they maybe they get home after a long day of work, you know, working in the factory (laughs) kind of thing, (laughs) kicking their their shoes off, putting their feet up on the ottoman. Um, This phrase speaks to working. Want to crack open their champagne and beers. (laughs) That's right. After you hear the whistle blown. You know, this talks about like just working and like resigning yourself to just getting a paycheck indefinitely, right? This puts work in a negative light. And unfortunately, this is a familiar sentiment because so many people have adopted this way of thinking. Uh, But it doesn't have to be true if you change your mindset and how you think about your job, right? Working is good for the soul when you realize that you're providing a service or a product to someone else. Uh, You're bringing value into the world 
And hopefully you can also do it in a way that connects with them on a personal or an emotional level as well, right? Like when you realize that this isn't just a job, this isn't just business, it's not an exchange of services or goods for getting paid, but hopefully you're able to connect with them on a human level. And even if you're not customer facing, you can still do that. You can realize what's being created by at the company that you work for. And I think connecting your daily work with the positive impact that it's with, having, with the bigger picture is crucial, even if you don't see the customer's yep. face. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're just pointing out that it's not just about earning a buck, which is what this phrase is, is all about, right? Another yeah. day, another dollar. It's just about you putting in your time and then receiving a paycheck. So that was actually a 1960s country song, by the way. Yeah. Another day, another dollar. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that until like I, I Hank Williams era, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's this, uh, th- this artist named Wynn Stewart. He refers to like working his whole life and getting paid weekly by his boss, which is a sentiment I think a lot of people can identify with. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes because it is, it is a really, really good song. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this mentality though, sucks. Uh, Working for money is a reality of life, but it doesn't mean that we should be resigned to working for the man in perpetuity, ad nauseum for the rest of our days, right? Let's change this phrase to reflect another day, another dollar that my investments are working for me without even having to lift a finger, right? Like, so this phrase, when it, when it refers to just like going in, punching the clock, you know, leaving, getting paid and never being able to break that cycle. Uh, well, we want all, all of our listeners to be able to break that cycle at some point and for financial independence to be a reality that's looming in your future. Um, and if you have the another day, another dollar, I'm just going to keep punching the clock mentality. It's going to be longer until you actually get there. Yeah, when you're just working, the days drag by. But when you're investing, you can't wait for the next day to show up because, yeah, that's how compounding interest works, baby. Exactly. Our last phrase that we're going to get to this episode is, you can't take it with you. Uh, and this one's you know pretty accurate. When you die, it doesn't matter how much money you've got in your bank or your brokerage account because that money is no longer yours. Uh, it goes to your heirs. Or if you don't have um, a will, maybe it goes to the state and they decide where it goes. Oh, let's just for a second pause here and tell people, go get a will. Go get a will. Yeah. And it doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money. Some people think they have to go to an attorney uh, and pay lots of money. And some people with more complicated circumstances do. But there's also a website called freewill.com. Go there, create a will. It's super simple. That's actually where Matt and I did ours. So check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's free. (laughs) Give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But just keep in mind, though, yeah, when you die, though, like you don't have say over what happens. Well, no, you do have say over what happens to that money, right? Because you set up a will, uh, or you ha- or you can have a trust, but you don't get to actively you list your beneficiary on your investment account. Y- yeah, but you don't important. get to actively enjoy or do things with that money. Once you're dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so makes- you, you might be dead and you might be like, uh, have made wise decisions your whole life and your money gets left and it buys one Maserati and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that's not what I wanted to do with that. But you, you can't really do anything about it. That's right. But uh, and so it's, it's about finding a balance, right? So make sure that while you're saving and investing for the future, that you don't forget to live your life today. That's a part of why we have a craft beer on every single episode. It's a way for us to demonstrate that we do smart things with our money. We strive to invest a lot of it, but at the same time, we spend some money on craft beer that some people would say, that is so stupid. I can't believe they spend that much money on a single bottle of beer. But for us, it's worth it. And it's a simple way that we can show that, you know what? Like, it's all about finding that balance for you. Yeah. And I guess you can't have champagne tastes in like one or two areas of your life, right? In craft beer, we specifically choose that's that area of our lives in which we will have champagne taste. We will buy the good stuff. Yeah. We drink better than 99% of people who are drinking just the champagne of beer. We're drinking like the actual champagne equivalent. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And and yeah, like speaking of that phrase, Matt, you can't take it with you. I think some people would respond to this phrase and their automatic knee jerk reaction would be like, YOLO, you only live once. (laughs) So uh, if you can't take it with, if I can't take it with me, spend it and enjoy it now. That's what I'm going to do. 
but there's a happy medium, right? Uh, it, either it will be into that YOLO camp where, where we spend every dime that comes in, or we'll be prone to hoarding uh, if we don't live our lives with that realization that we can't take it with us. We'll be attempting to amass more than we need to, uh, putting too much emphasis on work and wealth generation. But let's put that in its place, right? Because you only get one life and you can't be sure when it's going to end. You don't know if it's going to end tomorrow. Like we, none of us know that. And you can't take that money with you. So I think that is an important phrase, uh, maybe a somber <laughs> note to end this podcast on, but it's one that we should kind of take into our everyday handling of our money. We're saving for goals that we hope to accomplish. We don't know if we're going to live to accomplish those goals either. And so we have to kind of hold it loosely to a certain extent, make smart choices. We don't want to be foolish with our money, as we talked about earlier. We want to be wise uh, investors, uh, but at the same time, we want to live for today in the here and now, be present yep. and enjoy our lives and the good things that we have uh, without being miserly, <laughs> without putting too much focus on, exactly. on you know decades from now. Yeah, exactly. And it's important to make sure you get those things in the right order, because if you're living life too much before you've done those smart things with your money, oftentimes you're going to be stuck uh, with the another day, another dollar sort of mindset where you have to work uh, every single day in order to make that money. It's all about finding that balance. And that's certainly a part of the ethos of our show. Uh, we don't take really an extreme view on one end or the other, like on one side or the other, because we like to just take a reasonable and thoughtful approach to our money. That's what we do here on the show every single week. And we've hoped with this episode, we've helped you to think about some of the different phrases that you will often maybe hear others say or even catch yourself saying, but hopefully we've been able to speak some truth into these phrases and how they actually apply to how you handle your money. You're a reasonable fellow, buddy. I just want you to know that. Well, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, get back to the view real quick because obviously we do prioritize uh, enjoying great things, spending our money on things that we care about now. Uh, today on the show, we drank a elderberry beer, uh, Northwest Sour Ale by Cascade Brewing. Matt, uh, this beer, I gotta, I'm just going to say, it's t- it tasted a lot like the beer that we had on Monday, didn't it? Yeah, it's definitely got some similar qualities. You know, this is another uh, sour ale that they age in barrels, right? This one's aged in red wine barrels. Um, For over two years, right? That's crazy. That's, that's <laughs> a really long time. And here's the other thing is this entire time, I hadn't like I don't think I've ever had an elderberry in my mind. I was thinking mulberries. That's what we that's a tree that we have down here in the southeast. At least I don't know. They might be all over the country. But in the southeast earlier in the summer, uh, every year, these trees fruit and then they just drop their berries like all over the sidewalk. Like literally, if it it falls on you because it's just gotten so ripe, it'll just like explode on your shoulder and just <laughs> stain your clothes. But those are edible. And for some reason, in my mind, I was thinking that that's what this beer was made out of. But this beer was actually made out of elderberries. And I've never actually had an elderberry, at least not in like straight fruit form before. But I assume it tastes like this beer. It's really good. Uh, definitely has a, a tart quality to it. And I don't know if I'm just being weird here, man, but it almost has like this savory tartness going on. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of yellow mustard. You know, like ah. when you put just a little bit of yellow mustard on a hamburger, uh, like I went my entire life without putting mustard on burgers. But then every time I go out and have a burger, I'm just like, oh, what is it about this burger that's so much better than the burgers I make at home? And I realized that, you know, when you go out, there's always just like a little bit of mustard on there. It gives it that nice kind of tart, savory flavor. Something about this beer makes me think of yellow mustard. Uh, and it makes me just want to like chew it up like a bur- <laughs> <laughs> like a burger. But I really like this. It's definitely got those oak qualities going on and anything Asian oak, I'm going to be a fan of pretty much. So yeah, what were your thoughts on this? Same. One? Yeah. I, I think it's actually even better than the Creek, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. I love cherry beers. Yeah. You like but- those Bing 
pie cherries. Yeah, you're all about that. <laughs> but that, that creek just, again, like we said on Monday, just wasn't as reminiscent of the normal creeks I'm used to drinking. I thought this one was great. And maybe, too, it was because of the additional age on it that it was aged for over two years. And it's like just even more oaky and just it's even got, more balanced. It's like got extra soul, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I thought it was great. And uh, I don't think I've ever had a bad beer from Cascade. Nope. I've had some that I don't like as much as others, but they make just great sour beers. And that's all they make. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like specialists, basically. So if you try any Cascade, you're probably not going to be disappointed. That's true. Yeah. All the stuff that comes out of their brewery, I feel like are at least like are, they're, they're fours or higher on the untapped scale, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and I would I'd probably give this one like a four and a quarter, maybe even a four and a half is really solid. There you go. But that's going to be it for this episode. You can find our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com, and we'll make sure to link to any of the different resources we mentioned. We mentioned uh, a couple of previous episodes, and we'll make sure to link to that uh, that Wynn Stewart song as well, so you can get your 60s country action going on. Oh, man. Just sit back and, like, gnaw on a corncob pipe, <laughs> <laughs> drinking your high life, like, listening to that song. That sounds like uh, an excellent, like... Uh, Thursday night right there, or, or maybe Wednesday night, since you're listening on a Wednesday. Sounds like a nice way to wind down. I like but it. That's it, Matt. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.